welcome to the Accelerate Podcasts, a podcast for high-performing current and aspiring female founders and CEOs across Africa. And for those who also have a passion for Africa, this is the place to learn about the critical success factors and best practices of some of the most amazing high-performing female founders and CEOs as we help you grow to be the best version of you achieve time and financial freedom whilst living a significant life. Thanks for tuning in to listen. I'm your host, Nekamubi. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Accelerate Podcast, and I'm delighted to introduce my very special guest, Olatong Candide Johnson. Before I welcome her, I'll just give a brief overview of her profile. Olatong is a lawyer with over 30 years' experience in corporate and commercial law and in business development and governance of multinational corporations. During the course of her career, she's worked in law practice, shipping, and oil and gas. She also worked with Total Group, where she worked in various departments, including legal audit, insurance, and she was the chief compliance officer for the total upstream companies in Nigeria. In 2016, she obtained a global executive MBA awarded by the LSC, the NYU Stern, and the HEC Paris, known as the Triumph Global Executive MBA. I know I've not pronounced that word, but I pronounced it like the English, not the French. After many years in corporate life, she decided it was time for her to venture into the entrepreneurial space in 2018. And she founded Gaia Africa, a member-only business and social club for women leaders in Lagos. That's a physical location. Um, she also has a Gaia Digital. And I'm going to ask her some more questions about that. To facilitate business connections and expand bottom lines. Olato is a founding parent of Lagos Preparatory School in Ikui, which is one of Africa's leading British curriculum preparatory schools in Lagos. She's a chairman of African Delivery Technologies, that's Quick Delivery, and member of board of directors of several companies and associations, including the Nigerian Norwegian Chamber of Commerce. She is also an angel investor and a member of Rising Tide Africa, which is a network of female business angels investing in entrepreneurs across the African continent. Olatong is Wines and Spirits Education Trust Level 2 certified. Olatong, I'm going to ask you more about that. And Dame Chevalier de Lord de Côté de Champagne. I'm trying to speak my French here. She loves all forms of the arts, culture, food and wine, Pilates, books, and interesting places. What an interesting profile. Olatong, welcome to Accelerate. I'm really delighted to have you here with me. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. It is a great pleasure to be here. Okay, I have several questions to ask you. The first is, given your wealth of corporate experience as a corporate lawyer with over 30 years experience in diverse sectors of the economy, what prompted you to start Gaia? <laughs> it's a great question, but a very long story. <laughs> but anyway, I'll try and praise it. I worked in corporate for several years, I, I suppose. Well, first of all, it was legal practice, then it was corporate. So I, I suppose I did corporate for about 20 odd years or slightly more, 25 years, maybe. 
at some point around 2014, I went to live in Paris from between 20, 2008 and 2011. And I was working in the HQ business development division, which is really something else. You're actually invited to join. Well, in those days, I don't know about now, you're invited to, to join. And so, you know, that really opened my eyes to the business world. And it was really exciting because basically, what are you doing? You're buying and selling oil blocks, right? And, you know, you're given specific countries and you... And that was with Total, right? Global oil company, right? Okay. So I came back in 2011. From 2012 to 2015, I lived in Abuja. And at some point in 2015, I was beginning to think about what next. I knew that I wasn't going to, you know, retire from Total. I mean, I wasn't going to stay until I was 60, right? And so I just started to think about, you know, basically, you know, I should self-improve, you know, anyway, because, you know, do it, being in legal and, you know, sort of all those support functions for many years and then going into business, it kind of like opens your eyes to, the, to realize that actually, you know, there's a lot more excitement out there, you know, rather than being either the policeman or the one who is, you know, the advisor, basically. And, uh, and then I, I came across an article which was uh, talk, talking about a lady who had been in corporate for 17 years and then she decided to do this MBA. And then, you know, from the MBA, I think her capstone project, um, she took live and built this, you know, luxury brand. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. This is something I should look at. And then I thought, but oh, God, would I even get into any business school with all my legal, legal, legal background? But, you know, I just thought, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to try and I'll apply. And with the TRIUM um, EMBA, you first of all send a CV and then they decide whether you are, you know, whether you have a good enough CV to apply. And then if you are, you know, if they find that that's the case, then you apply and then it's quite a rigorous process. But anyway, so I just thought, you know, let me just try. I just send it anyway. I'm not really expecting to hear back. And I think maybe, I thought maybe the deadline had gone or whatever. I just thought, what the hell, I'll just try. And I did. And anyway, the rest is history, basically. And um, so, when I, so when I was, you know, while I was doing this program, I suddenly realized, uh-oh, I think I've been living in a false reality because only global oil, you know, companies um you're kind of living in well certainly with total you're sort of living in a in a in a world that is like the united nations because right not only do you have opportunities to go and live (laughs) well yeah really you know a lovely bubble but you kind of think that that, i mean it's your world it's your world view right because you know you're talking today I'm talking to somebody in Angola, then I'm talking to someone in Brazil, and then someone in China, and then I'm going to China to negotiate deals. And, you know, it's just kind of, anyway. But, you know, when I was starting to read all these case studies and, you know, the things that people were doing and birthing, and I was like, ah, okay, I think that it's time for me to, you know, there's a world out there that I hadn't even thought of, you know? And so so I started that in 2014 in September 2014 and honestly at the time you know it was six modules in six different countries and it was very exciting but it was a lot of hard work and I think that yeah my, I was pulling my hair out at some point because trying to work as well as do the MBA is no, is no easy feat but anyway 
um, I realized that, mm, yeah, I think it's time to go. Um, or at least let me start thinking about, you know, exiting. And then in September, early September, I realized, well, I didn't realize, but actually I was burnt out. So I really wasn't, you know, I just wasn't, I was burnt out. I had the symptoms, but I didn't even know what that was. I just thought, okay, maybe it's time to just go because I can't, my, you know, my own, the way I work, I can't change the way I work. Um, I'm either like all in or I'm not. So I thought that, okay, I'm going to have to give my notice. And I did, um, but it really wasn't accepted for a while. Anyway, that, that's another long story. But anyway, and then um, I came out of there and decided that I was going to launch a project. I didn't even rest. I just went, woo, yeah, straight in, let's go. So I always wanted to do something in hospitality because I'm just one of those fast spots. I'm never satisfied with service. You know, I'm always complaining about one thing or the other. So I thought, okay, since Madam Complainant, uh, do your own now. Let's see, you know, what uh-huh. you'll do it at. <laughs> you know, exactly. So I then, I started a project which was called Voltaire Lifestyle, no, Voltaire uh, Arts Club, right? And <clears throat> the Voltaire is really a play on um, my name and, you know, Voltaire Road, sorry, Con, um, yeah, Voltaire Road Candide, and my name is Candide, and, you know, Voltaire and the French, all that stuff. Anyway, but that project didn't go very far, and after working on it for about 18 months, including, you know, find, finding a premises, uh, you know, working on all the, the, the design, even hosting, you know, marketing already and doing all kinds of things. So that didn't go very far. Why? Because we had issues with the building that, you know, we, we got. Um, it was subject to flooding in the Kui area and we would have to pull the buildings down and rebuild. And so basically there was no project because the budget went haywire at that point. And the idea for that was really to have this private members club, which would showcase uh, emerging artists. So any young emerging artist in you know, fashion, music, uh, design, anything around the arts, showcase their work in the club and you know, through, through events and all that sort of stuff. And I thought it would be nice to you know, do that for the emerging artists, but also nice for the members because then you know, there would be no sort of, uh, some, there would be something new all the time. Anyway, so that failed. And I didn't want to dwell because, you know, you can read, because I lost, <laughs> yeah, I lost a lot of money on that one. And I can thought, imagine. Mm, right. Yeah. It was very painful. And so I thought, you know what, you don't want to dwell. Just, you know, think about doing something else. What, what else? And, and then I started to think that, the, you know, there were no, I was trying to raise money for that project. And also 2017 was difficult because um, I think we were in recession and, people hiding their money or, you know, they were keeping their money close to them anyway. But I realized that I hadn't come across many women in that space. So I thought, hmm, I wonder why. Why didn't I come across any women? Why was it men that I kept, you know, having to talk to about investing and all of that? And so I researched the subject quite a bit and spoke to quite a number of people. Um, I realized my conclusion was that, you know, women were not sort of communing in the right way. They're not you know, building a community takes work. There are trust issues that we have. We live in a country where the trust gap is huge. So I thought that, you know what, why don't I try and do something a little bit different, right? And try and bring women together for the purpose of business. Because women generally, we're not talking about business. We're talking about all the different things. And we would bond, but, you know, uh, on a fairly superficial level. And, um, so, you know, let's do something different. And so the idea was then to, I always knew that it would be a members only club for women, 
with a clubhouse, but I wanted to start to see whether it would even work at all. Would, would women want to get together? Would they want to sit down and talk business? Would they want to do business together? All this sort of stuff. So um, we started with the what, I, what we call the business dining clubs, which is something that's held every month. Either we have a guest speaker who's talking about her story, or her experience, or we just talk around a, a certain subject and, you know, just really trying to get to know people um, on a smaller scale, but trying to get those women to connect on a more on a deeper level, uh, to stay in touch and to try to grow those relationships. Um, and then, you know, really primarily talk about what it is that you're doing. You know, a lot of people say, I don't talk about what you're doing or what you're, you know, don't talk about what you plan to do. And I've always been talk about what you plan to do, please, because, you know, you never know who's listening. To- yeah. Sorry, no, because you've just said many things and I want to bring you back to some of the things that you've talked about. One was even tr- deciding that it was in the hospitality industry when you were thinking about, look, I'm not going to stay in full-time employment till I'm 60. What else am I going to do? And you decided to marry your interests, right? Um, the hospitality, you said. I guess turn it to something you can make money off, of and from. And then the second thing you talked about, which was very quite instructive, was that the first thing you thought about did not work. And you invested money and all that. Why did you decide to do something again? Still similar to that. So that's the area that I wanted to work in. And I have to tell you that people thought I was crazy because with all this experience with legal and governance and compliance, and all, why would you just throw all of that away and move into something else? Um, but this is where I feel that I can do something that's a little bit different. So I wanted to stay in that space. But I realized that I had made mistakes. I realized that having made those mistakes, and I wouldn't make those mistakes in this new business. So rather than rush into doing all sorts of things, I've taken things easy. Yeah, I've not rushed into do anything. I've not marketed. We've not, there's just many things that I haven't, that we've done in a very different way. But I realized that maybe change the focus to women and there is a gap there, right, as well. You know, so being able to combine, there are many uh, men's business clubs that are doing well across Africa, but really there is no space like what you across have. Across the world. Across the world, <laughs> exactly. Across, I mean, it's from other parts of the world, it's now in Africa. You know, you talk about the old boys network and all, and that's really where businesses are done. And so you're saying, why not women? Why not women leaders, female leaders, and doing that and creating that space? So. I mean, it's an excellent idea, and um, that would bring me to my next question. Given that it's such a new idea and, you know, women in terms of networking and getting together, what has been your most challenging experience today and learning experience? And how have you overcome that in the couple of years you've had this business? Yes, you've been in working for over 30 years, but this is a, a new business, a new type of business. For Africa, so that's very bold and audacious, you know, of you do that. So, but obviously, I'm sure it comes with some challenges. What would you say has been the one major challenge you've had? I know there are several, but you know one. <laughs> so, funding is a huge issue. It really is. In fact, it's really funny that I should be talking about this now because just earlier this morning, I was saying to Prom's lady that listen, we need to have a webinar with. VCs that have a gender focus to ask questions around 
what is it they are looking for from women? Because why is it that women always have this, they have great difficulty raising money? And, you know, we have to understand that not everybody is in the tech space. Okay? Yeah, we're tech enabled, but not everyone is in the tech tech space. And women tend to do some slightly different type of businesses. So if you have a gender lens, you should really be understand the type of businesses that women do. And you should be able to support that. With Gaia, it, it's an expensive project, yes. But it's expensive because of standard to which we want to you know. That's one of the biggest challenges is, is funding. The other challenge is really the difficulty I've had trying to articulate my vision and for people to actually grasp it. Because I've actually had people say, yeah, I understood it. But actually having now been walked around the clubhouse, I understand even more. It's not a novel thing. I was abroad for, for many years. I'm a member of a couple of clubs in the UK. So I understand that club very well. We have private members clubs here, but they're, they're generally um, sort of like uh, linked to some sort of sport. So we, we have more like country type clubs, right? So not these, except for maybe the Metropolitan Club, which is a, a business club for men. Um, but so... Yeah, trying to articulate that vision for people to understand, um, you know, women don't like you know, a high price tag on, on anything. And, you know. How have you overcome the funding issue? I know it's an ongoing thing, but I mean, you're up and running. Yeah. How have you overcome that? So we're opening in September, but, you know, we've been working, working, working. So how have I overcome it? By... <laughs> Throwing caution to the wind, I'm going to see and talk to as many people as possible, pitching to as many people as possible. I had to bring down entry level, you know, the entry price level into the investment. Then decided, you know, I'm going to speak to women particularly. And I've managed to speak to about 10 or 12 women who have invested. I have not yet found. Yeah. Now I was going to say that's the life of an entrepreneur, right? Pitching and pitching and pitching some more, right? And I'm sure that's not what you expected, but at least it's on. I mean, it's back on, as you said, the clubhouse. No, no, it's it's on for some. How are you able to, I guess, based on who you are and the strength of who you are, during the COVID period, during the pandemic, you launched Gaia Digital. Um, Can you speak about that? What is that all about? Absolutely. So we were used to having our events in person, right? Um, and then COVID struck. And then again, it was like, you know what? We're not just going to sit and twiddle our thumbs, right? We, we've got to look to see how we're going to do something here. And so we thought that, okay, look, how can we still ensure that our members get value? And so we decided that, you know, maybe we need to bring new teachings, different things. So we've done teachings on, and I call it teachings, but really a refresher or whatever. But we decided that we would launch an executive academy and that we would have a webinar every Tuesday evening bringing different subjects. So we've had from Bitcoin to productivity to menopause to wellness. And then we moved all our clubs online as well. So film club, book club, gourmet club even we had online. Basically, we just mixed drinks. (laughs) So that was interesting. We've had, of course, arts and culture. We've talked about investing in art. We've talked about wines. We've joined the Women in Wine Club in London for, for certain events. I mean, we've just 
and also we actually then we also would have members evenings in the beginning of lockdown we started to have cocktails and chill on a monday evening you know so we're starting the week so let's start it up nicely have a cocktail and let's just chat and actually during one of those cocktails and, and chill whatever meetings or whatever we launched our first investment club get an investment club and put money together and you just never know where it's going to go let's do something that's not going to be too painful so we launched the first investment club and then we've recently launched a second investment club which is going to be a lot bigger because the first one we just we limited it to 20 because of the management of it but then this next one just it's a different model very interesting as well so i was also going to just mention that we also launched what we call the global digital membership so the idea for that is to have women the same demographic obviously but in different parts of africa and different parts of the world so right now we have members in europe different parts of europe in uk france and germany so far dubai and then also the us so the idea is really to have try to build that up we haven't really sort of marketed it strongly but yeah there's just so many things that we're working on but we do want to put that out that there is a global digital membership which is fun and you just because we're doing so much on digital members can join in and do all those things and of course, i really think that's exciting that even in the pandemic right a new opportunity in terms of gaia digital absolutely and even raising a, you know setting up yeah. an investment club from just a conversations with the members <laughs> and that leads me to my next question in terms of the value of developing networks as a female leader what are your thoughts around that particularly when you've now passed middle management and what do you see um, from the women there? What do you think are the challenges around that? What can people, I know there's many questions, but, you know, just tell me what your thoughts are around that, what women need to do. So I think that's a fabulous question. First of all, because, you know, I'm a late starter. Nobody believes it when I tell them that I'm an introvert, but because of the work had to believe, but go on. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ah, well, I'm glad. Um, but because of the work that I've had to do over the years and the work that I'm doing today, I have to be a little more in the front of things. My recovery is usually quite delayed, but I have to do it, but I have to recover. The thing about networks is that they are critical to every single thing that you will do in life. And I find that cultivating a network is you have to be open to it, right? Meeting new people, you have to be open to introductions, you have to make introductions, and then you have to work on those relationships. It's not just when you want something that you now suddenly remember that you're going to call somebody. No. So nurturing those relationships with each person, it's talking about what it is that you're doing, what you plan to do. You want to know what they are doing. You want to try and help them with what they're doing. I love to connect people. So once I hear that somebody wants to do, I'm like, okay, I must know at least three people. <laughs> but I was never like that because, of course, my world, <laughs> I had a world, a bubble, <laughs> which was my world. And actually, the work did not allow me to even cultivate relationships outside of, of the office. So because I would never even know where I was going to be from week to week, day to day sometimes, you know. So and people call me, what part of the world are you in today? This sort of thing. So. Now I'm telling people who are still in corporate to listen, I'm sorry, but yeah, cultivate your internal relationships, but ensure that you still manage to cultivate relationships outside. Just really never know who can help you with whatever 
it may not be today, it may not be next year, it may not be in a couple of years. It may not even be you, maybe your child, right? It may not be you, Neka, but it could be the second and third person removed from you that you know, and that you think, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I will just, I can just make that introduction. So networks are very, very important. I, I don't like the word network. I don't know why. <laughs> I prefer community. What's a better term for that? I, I, I think I, I prefer community. I, I like community because human beings gravitate towards communities, right? We like communities. You know, there's a community of family. There's a community of friends. There's a community of business partners. We like communities. I think it's just a nicer word. Because when you think about that, when you talk about network, people just think it's just coming to some seminar, giving out a card, and then, nah, that's not what it is. To answer your question, no, I was just going to say that to cut the long story short, it is critical for any women in leadership to have that network. And it's not just a network of women, it's a network of everyone, right? It's, you know, the younger people, the older people, the men, the women, you know, it's, it's a robust network. Yeah, I think it's critical to everything we do. So are you then saying that each high-performing female leader, I know it's for all, and I think the men do it better, generally, kind of think about that and do that and walk it. You should be conscious of building your own community and looking at how that community can continually be extended. Exactly, exactly. And I think even to just to speak to that as well, I think that women should take up the mantle of being sponsors, sponsoring other people, whether corporate or wherever it is. The difference between a sponsor and a mentor, while a mentor is the one who is advising you on things, a sponsor actually takes, you know, huge interest in moving your career trajectory. So by introducing you to the right people, by speaking about you when you're not in the room, by and women leaders can can sponsor each other because you know, now we're ripe for board seats. And you know, I'm very happy to speak about people that I know. I recommend them to, for board seats, that sort of thing. No, very interesting point you've just brought up, and which is area of sponsorship. And you said even for female leaders, right? And about being intentional about that. Beyond wanting to, you know, having that abundant mindset, which is about helping others. What's in it for me then? Being a sponsor. Why would I want to do that? Just kind of thinking. Ah, well. Or challenge what you're saying so that we can get more from that. I think, first of all, you know, with him should not really come into it. But you do benefit in the end. Because imagine that you have sponsored two or three people. And, for example, they then become, I don't know, CEOs in a place or whatever. So you have created that. You have, well, you've certainly contributed a lot to that person. and you will get it back, whether it's because you can then, you know, ask them to pay it forward. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I was just thinking that beyond that. And if, as you said, even just the fulfillment, yeah. one cannot buy. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, that's very interesting of actually being intentional about be, wanting to be a sponsor. Because at some level you can do that. You're a member of different communities to be able to do that, but you just never thought about it your passions, and you have several of that. How do you develop this passion beyond work? Because again, not many female leaders make the time to develop other passions, other hobbies. How did you develop that and even get certifications on that? So two questions in one. Okay. How, how did I develop my passions? So let me start with art. 
art makes me feel good. When I look at a piece of art, I'm really hoping I don't connect with it because it always leads to trouble because then after now I've got to look for the money to buy the thing. And it's happened on a few occasions where I have, you know, I've seen a piece and I've, I've got to have this one. And I left it because maybe it's really expensive. But I've had dreams about the thing two or three days. I have to go back to the gallery to say, okay, right, okay, what, what can we do about this? Because I need to have this in my house, right? So, but art makes me feel really good. I mean, like, you know, anywhere I am, I love to, I love to have art that surrounds me. I love to, just looking at them gives me a sense of well-being. So, and I, and, you know, I don't choose my art for the purpose of resale, even though I've been warned by a good friend of mine. Okay, but okay. After you've gone, what do you think your kids are going to do with your pieces of art, you know? But I choose ones that make me feel good. I love to look at them because the colors are vibrant because, and I, and, you know, every time I go back to a piece of art, I'm seeing something different. So that's the art. Now, wine, I don't know. I, I guess I developed a taste for wine, God, I don't know, many, many, many years ago. Oh, food, oh, food. Well, I've always loved good food. I think that comes from my father because my father always loved good food. And I just kind of like developed to a point where, you know what, if the food doesn't look good, I'd rather starve. I'll wait until I can get something that I'm not going to, I always tell people I'm not going to waste my stomach space for anything that's not going to I'd rather wait for, you know, really good food. I like food. I don't like food that is overwhelming. If you're going to serve me something, you serve me like a huge block of food. It's very, I like my food to, you know, look <laughs> a certain way and a certain size and all that sort of stuff. So food, yes. And I love to eat up culture. Absolutely. I put history under culture and I don't know enough about my own country's history. I'm a student of history. My husband is, is a student of history, but he's, he's the guy who knows a lot. So I learn a lot from him. And I like to hear about our history. So when we do our arts and culture events, it's always something around the history. The last one was about slavery in Lagos, right? It's very eye-opening. How do you know where you're going? You don't know where you came from. So it's very important for us to know that. But the majority of my schooling in the UK, so I was learning about Henry VIII and the Tudors and the Stuarts and all this sort of stuff instead of my own history. So, and I'm glad that, History was always sort of more of an academic subject, but historians, the academics are very happy to share their knowledge with non-academics. And so this is very helpful as well. With regard to wine and why I went to a certification, it's not enough to just taste wine. It's good to know, you know, about the grape. It's good to know about the weather that it's, the grapes are grown in. It's good to know how long, you know, which years are good, the good years. The grapes in different countries, you know, from France to South America. I would say it's because you are interested in that, which is why you now wanted to further develop the knowledge. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My follow-on question will then be, why do you think it's important for female leaders to develop their passion that are non-business? So like in your case, like history, food and wine, to further develop that. What's the motivation to doing that? I think that it's good to have a hobby because it can't always be work, work, work. You need to have something that you can do. I tell you, I have a lot of stuff that I can do. I I love to watch movies. I love to go to theater, all these things, right? So you need to have something that, you know, you actually enjoy doing. That's your downtime. And I say to people that 
at the end of the day, I'm so, I, I can be quite stressed and I just need to deplete. And the one thing that helps me do that is, you know, a nice glass of wine and I'm watching a movie because the movie will take me away to somewhere else. I don't have to think about anything else. I enjoy listening to books. Because of the book club now, I'm a, the book club, you have to read one book, but I can read like two or three in a month because I'm listening to it. And you can listen to a book in the shower, you know, in your car, downtime before you go to bed. Yeah, I think it's important to have something else that can take your mind off your major field, if you see what I mean. And then, and because you find that when you are able to do that, you kind of refresh your brain and then you can look a bit more. Yeah. You can become even more creative um, when you are thinking of something not in that your main space. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, as we begin exactly. to wrap up, um, this has been a great conversation. Any final thoughts? Final thoughts would really be around self-development. I think that this women, no matter what level they're at, continue to develop themselves. Rethink. HBR articles for me are just amazing because they would from managing people to sitting on a board, they've got you covered. And they have some very, very interesting articles. And they're not overwhelmingly long, so you can read them quickly. I've done, I've even done a, a course on Coursera, I think it is. I watch, um, oh God, what's it called now? I have the app. This thing that teaches you all kinds of different things from writing to cooking to... Is the master chef? People who set up businesses. No, no, not master chef. Um, can I just look on my phone and tell you what the app, what the app is called? Because I've completely forgotten it. For those interested in Gaia Africa, there's a website and there will also be on the show notes regarding also digital Africa. Something that struck me when you were speaking was even developing your hobby and being good at that area, not necessarily in your business. So that's for me a takeaway for that, right? So what's my passion? If it's history, why don't you go learn more about art history, for example, um, around that? Thanks for sharing that. It's called Masterclass. Okay, so we'll get the details and put that there. Masterclass. Masterclass, okay. Yeah, it's excellent. So you have to subscribe to it, but you learn a lot. I mean, I've listened to Howard Schultz. I've listened to the lady who started the Spanx business. Amazing. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for this lovely conversation. I've really enjoyed that. And I have several takeaways for me, some to-dos around some of the things we talked about. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Naka, for this conversation. Thank you for inviting me. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself and um, I look forward to listening to your other podcasts with other people so that I also can learn. This concludes this episode of Accelerate. All the information links will be down in the show notes. If you have not done so already, hit that subscribe button on your podcast player of choice on Apple. This will make sure you don't miss any of the amazing content we have lined up and rolling out for you. If you love this episode, it will mean a lot if you would leave a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. Finally, If you haven't connected with me over on Instagram and you're interested in learning more about similar episodes and all that's happening before they even get announced publicly, 
let's make sure to connect over there at Accelerate or Nekamubi on Instagram. But with all that said, I appreciate you being here. I look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. And until I see you in the next episode, endeavor to grow, profit, and make an impact.